Welcome to Equipus Christchurch. Equipus Church is a whole lot of friends championing one another to go higher in Christ. For more details, check out our website at equipuschurch.com forward slash Christchurch. So Psalm, Psalm 138. It's amazing how God has prepared this in my heart, but not only in my heart, but He's been preparing this over and over our house. It's amazing the conversations that I've had with people in the last few months has been around this topic. And if you haven't got it by now, the topic is praise. The topic is praise. You see, praise is a vital part of your discipleship, of your Christian living. If praise does not exist in your Christianity, dare I say you've got to question the fact whether you're actually saved. It is a vital part of your life. Don't get me wrong. This is not about praise music. This is not about praise music. This is not about just jumping on the spot. Praise is something that comes from within you Praise is a thankfulness. Praise gives credit to where credit is due. You got your Bibles open. I just wanted to give some time for those that were still looking at it. Psalm 138. Follow me with this one. I will praise you, O Lord, with all of my heart. Everybody say all. All of my heart, before the gods, I will sing your praise. Before the gods. I want to refer to the things in our society that plump themselves up to be gods. I praise you with all of my heart before money, before prestige, before anything, popularity. Self-assurance. I praise you with all of my heart. I will sing your praise. I will bow down towards your holy temple and I will praise your name for your unfailing love and your faithfulness. For you have so exalted your solemn decree that it surpasses your fame. When I called... You said, leave a message. Uh, can you please call back after I hang up? No, no. When I called, you what? You answered. When I called, you answered. <laughs> Someone's got to get that. Do you know the lie that we say? that I feel like when I pray, my prayer just hits the ceiling. And it bounces back at me. Who said that before? Be honest. I've said it before. Yeah, sometimes you pray and it's like, bing, 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 bing. That's a lie. <laughs> the Bible says that when you call, he answers. Verse 4. May all the kings of the earth praise you, Lord. 
when they hear what you have decreed. What has God decreed? The good news. It's good news to all. How many Christians do you know? Maybe I used to be like this. Maybe some of us are still like this, but we look like we've been baptized in vinegar. I'm not trying to be funny. That's the truth. Hey, sometimes, you know that vinegar, like, you know, there's a bowl of chips that's been offered to you, and you have no idea that it's salt and vinegar, and you take one thinking that it's what other flavor you were expecting in your head, and you eat it, and what's the reaction? Great, great for some, that's good. Someone's... <laughs> mm. Good, it's good. Filter, filter working. <laughs> May they sing of the ways of the Lord, verse 5, for the glory of the Lord is great. Though the Lord be exalted, he looks kindly on the lowly. Though lofty, he sees them from afar. Here's the thing. So we, we have this concept that God is up there. Because when we worship, we look up, right? God's up there. Isn't it amazing that in, in Abraham's time, in Scripture, God is like up there in the stars and in the heavens. And there's a whole lot of detail to why they believe that God was up there. And how in, in Moses' day, God lived in the tabernacle. So God lived in a tent, right? And so people's concept of where God lived had changed from there to now it's a place. Have you thought about this? Have you thought about when they would uproot the tent and they would take them to another place as they settled. Have you thought about the guy, the last guy, who would have to put the last thing in the Holy of Holies? Does he get a 30-second countdown before the presence of God comes in? <laughs> have you thought of that? In Scripture, in the Holy of Holies, in that tent, do you know no one's actually died in there? So, their perception of where the presence of God was, was contained in this space. But you see what God was doing there. God was teaching them of what they needed to do to kind of get their focus back on God. So we're visual, right? That was a visual example of what God wanted us to see him as. So in David's day, when he's chilling out with all the other kings, David's like, oh, shame. All these other guys, their gods are like in beautiful temples, like gold and all that stuff that's made. My God's like in a tent. So David decides to build this temple to display the glory of God. So in David's day, God lived in, a, in the temple, right? And I think that's just amazing to think the same God, their perception of where he lives has just changed. Fast forward, Jesus comes along. God 
and the flesh. And so God is now contained in one man, Jesus. So everything that he declared was done through him. So the God of the universe who is up there, the God of the tent, the God who is in the temple, now the God who's in flesh. He dies and he rises again on the third day. And then he says, wait a minute. I'm just going to like dash out and leave you boys by yourself and girls. I'm going to go and I'm going to send someone. Go and wait until I send the one who's going to come and comfort you. So, Abraham's day, God lived in the sky. In Moses' day, where was he? In the tent. In David's day, where was he? In the temple. In Jesus' day, he was in flesh. Right? And when the Holy Spirit came, he dwelt among all of us. But has he changed? He hasn't changed. Our perception of where he is has changed. Now, we, we, we still have this mindset that God's up there somewhere. And there's still this mindset that, oh, uh, we come to church because God's here in this place. Yes, he is. But he's not in the preacher, just in the preacher. He is in all of us. Come on, I, I think that's revelation. God's in all of us. That you are a carrier of God. I wasn't even going to preach on this, man. God is unchanging, all-knowing, all-powerful. Right? He's everywhere. God's in you. God's in you. Come on, say that with me. God's in me. God's in me. Come on, check out verse 5 of, of Psalm 138. May they sing of the ways of the Lord, for the glory of the Lord is great. We praise Him because He is great. He is full of glory. In Psalm 145, verse 3, we talk about how great he is. In Daniel chapter 2, verse 20, we talk about how wise and powerful he is. In Psalm 107, verse 8, it talks about how good he is. In Psalm 89, verse 1, it talks about how merciful and faithful he is. That's just him. And that's why we praise him because of who he is is. We also praise him for his works, right? For what he's done. So Psalm 1846, because he saves us. Are you saved this morning? Yeah, he saved you. He saved me. And for that, that deserves a praise. First Kings 856, he keeps his promises. What he said, he will do, he will do. 
Psalm 103, 1 to 3, talks about how he pardons our sins. You don't get what your sins deserve. I don't get what my sins deserve. He pardons me, forgives me. Psalm 136, 25, God's provision for me. That's what he does for me. He provides for me daily. There are times when, I'm, I'm going to speak for myself, and I hope you could identify with this, but there are times when uh, I go through the motions of coming to church. Um, say if I've had a really bad week. And often, sometimes I would come into church, and it's a good habit to do on a Sunday, good habit to come to church on a Sunday, even though you may not feel like it. So you come to church, or I come to church, and everything's just blah, 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 blah around me. I'm standing up, sitting down, raising my hands, putting my hands down, and I just walk out the door exactly the same. I don't know about you, but that was a waste of time. I could have been at the beach. I could have been with my kids doing stuff, but simply getting myself into the atmosphere of where the people of God are, where the carriers of God are, that in itself gives me excess, even though I may not feel like it. So there are times, church, when you come, I get it, you may not feel like being around people. And sometimes even position ourselves in spots around the auditoriums like, it's the do not talk to me zone. Yeah? But you know what? Even in that moment, I don't care if no one talks to you, but I care about God speaking to you. Because here in this family, you're allowed to feel what you feel. But let me tell you, you're not allowed to leave the same you came in, the same way that you came in. So you can feel how you feel coming in. We get it. But you're not allowed to leave the same way you came. That was for someone. I love to praise God joyfully. I mean, can you praise him just mm, Eeyore praise? What's Eeyore look like when he's praising? Oh my goodness. Music's so loud. Oh my goodness. Did you see what they were saying, and did you see what they were wearing? And ugh. praise is joyful. <laughs> praise is joyful, joyful praise. Sing unto the Lord, Lord, a new song. Come before him with glad song. <laughs> One of the other reasons I love to praise him is because he's conquered the enemy. That's one of the other reasons why I love to praise him, because the enemy has been defeated. That's one good reason to praise. Praise him joyfully. Praise him because the enemy has been defeated. You know, to praise him for what he's done for you is gratitude. So you're saying, thank you for what you've already done. Right? 
to praise him for what (laughs) he will do is faith. So I'm thankful, Jesus, that you've provided this water. But I'm thankful, Jesus, that even when this water runs out, you're going to fill it up again. I thank you that even when my tank runs out, you will fill it up again. So there's a gratitude, there's a thankfulness in our praise, but there's a faith element of, uh, I don't know what's coming up next, but I know you will provide. So praise is powerful, right? Praise is powerful. You just got to ask Joshua. Apparently on the front news in Jericho was that some walls, (laughs) some walls fell down. And praise can stop the fury of a fire. You just got to ask Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You see, praise can quench an appetite of a lion. Just got to ask Daniel. Praise is your weapon. How many of you know praise is your password? Praise is not the doorway because Jesus is the way. With praise, you're able to enter in through Christ and through the doorway. Psalm 100, verse 4. I will enter his gates with and his courts with. Praise is your password. So if you're feeling like there's a door or there's a ceiling, praise. Push it open. Free yourselves. Let the door be opened. Don't let anything stand in your way. Code for your password. J-E-S-U-S. Praise is purposeful. Praise is purposeful. When you praise God, he begins to cut off things in your life that are holding you back. Every time the enemy tries to remind you of your past, remind him of his future. Every time the enemy reminds you of what you've done, you remind him about his future. You don't have to go into lengthy discussions. You just go, devil, look. Simple. I used to say to my kids, I don't do deal with terror- terrorists. I don't negotiate with terrorists. You know how they try and manipulate you and, oh, but dad, you could do it. I was like, Please. I've made up my mind. I will not budge from here. I don't negotiate. So when the devil reminds you of what you've done, you remind him of his future. Praise is purposeful. That's where you do it. Isn't it amazing that we've just entered into a new season of spring? And isn't it amazing when we Drive down or go down Hagley Park and you see the amazing daffodils that are praising God just standing there. 
Isn't that amazing? So church, I want to declare that we are entering into a season of praise. A season of praise. Let everything that would come out of our mouth declare the praises of him who has done something inside of us. There's a spring in the air, in in our step. There's a spring in our spirit. There's a spring as we praise him. A season of praise. Do you know, in, in the season of spring, I, there's this thing like you sneeze and sometimes you, oh, it's just crazy. You got to take a couple of pills to sort that out. Who gets hay fever? Hmm. Okay, cool. Thank you, Jesus, for healing. <laughs> Let me just say, in your season of spring and in, in our season of praise, you're going to have people who are going to like turn out to be allergic to you. You're going to have people who will can't stand, who will not be able to stand standing next to you. It's like they're just going to get illegit. <laughs> That's the truth. People won't get you. Praise is purposeful. Praise is prophetic. You may be in a situation right now, but prophetic praise says that God's going to move me from this place. God's going to help me fight for my freedom and the distraction and the disruption and the disappointments. We're going to learn how to praise for the trials and tribulations. You may be going through that right now. You got to praise him through when all hell breaks loose. You got to praise him through your sickness and your pain. You got to learn how to praise him in whatever situation that you're facing right now. I did some digging. And uh, this is this is this is blowing my mind. And I'm not a here. Am I? No, I'm going to declare this. <laughs> I'm not going to let this get in the way. First Chronicles chapter four. Turn to that. First Chronicles chapter four. Verse one. The descendants. Of Judah. Do you know the root name, the root, the root meaning for the name Judah is praise? This is, this is amazing. This is just like so good. All right, so, so the word says in verse 1 the descendants of Judah are Perez, Hezron, Kami, Hur, and Shobal. To the untrained eye, it's just some names, and you may have read that before, but you kind of skim over it without anything. Well, I want to help us understand this morning that your name carries a prophetic sound, your name. You may not like it, but there is purpose behind it. 
I love it when we dedicate babies or children. We often ask the parents, what is, why did you choose that name? What does it mean? Well, here we go. All right, so Perez, so, so Judah prays. Judah's the dad, right? Isn't it interesting that we, there's no mention of mum. Mums, we love you. This is not about you. But this is, I'm just, help me with this one. So Judah is the dad, and then there's offspring, yes? If Judah is praise, if Judah was to walk in through these doors, he's looking, where's the mum at? What am I going to birth this morning in my praise that will give glory to God? Judah walks in, because Judah is praise, wanting to impregnate the atmosphere. So he's finding for someone to partner with. This is good. So child number one, Perez. The meaning of this name is to breach, cut off, divider. Here's the thing. When you partner with praise, Judah, God cuts off those things that begin to get in the way of God coming through. Perez creates a dividing line between you and the enemy and what he's designed for your life. That's baby number one, Perez. Baby number two, Hezron. Do you know what Hezron stands for? Anybody call Hezron in here? Hezron means shut in, surrounded, and shield. When you partner with Judah, your praise will produce a shield. Isaiah 59, 19. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard, a shield, a guard, a buffer against him. Psalm 91, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide in the shadow of the Almighty. Understand that Hezron blocks all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Perez, Hezron. Baby number three, Kami. Kami stands for also Caleb, but it's vine dresser and harvester. When you partner with praise, you not only harvest your own crop, but there's a collective harvest of everyone else that's praising with you. See, there's a difference between a farmer and a harvester. The farmer makes sure that the crop grows and it's healthy. The harvester is probably chilling somewhere in a cafe, you know, just kind of, yep, 
it's cool. Oh, it's harvest time. They generally just come in and reap the reward. Sometimes when you come, you may not be the farmer in your praise, but you get to be the harvester. Someone's victory during that week, you get to share with them. Kami. Maybe number four, her. Her helped Moses to free Israel from Amalek. Her means H-U-R. Noble. Liberty. Her helped keep Moses' hands up. See, when you're Partner with praise, you get to her. You get to bring liberty. Thing about thing I like about that, it, it frees me from my own opinions about others. Frees me from the past. Frees me from the pain of the past. Understand this that. Nothing in this world except for salvation is free. You got to work. Praise. You have to work. Because there's so much at stake. But salvation, church is free. That's full free. Sometimes even in the midst of your praise, you had to fight to get free. Just because you're in the environment doesn't necessarily mean that you'll get free. You have to confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus saved you. Jesus has forgiven you. But you're going to have to make an active decision to walk in freedom. That is why praise and worship is so vital to to Sunday. And that is why the team works so hard to create the atmosphere where we and our family and our friends could come and freely receive. Because the Bible says that we don't fight against flesh and blood. So if praise is your weapon, that's what you use to slay the enemy. Paul says that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty for God. Mighty in God for four things. Your praise is great because it pulls down the strongholds. Your praise is great because it's about casting down arguments. Your praise is great because it brings every high thing that tries to exalt himself itself against the knowledge of God. And praise is great because it's bringing every thought into captivity. Come on, and it brings it into obedience to Christ. 2 Corinthians 10, 4. 4 and 5. Praise is your weapon. 
that when hell and havoc try and get you, or whatever the enemy tries to bring your way, it is through your encounter and experience through praise enables you to the liberty that frees us from bondage. So you better learn how to praise Him in your adversity. You gotta learn how to praise Him in your hard times. It's interesting, the response that comes up naturally when we hit a wall, our mouth just rolls. And you don't realize what you are saying. Are you like me? Is that you get to that point when you're kind of like, oh, I've just said all these things and my thoughts and feelings have just exalted itself to a place where it doesn't belong. So you pull them down. Come on, submit. Who are you to stand up? Who are you to speak out? Who are you to tell me what I need to feel right now? The Word of God does that for us. Take it. Submit. Come into submission. Come on, baby number five. Chobal. Chobal means pioneer. In your praise, <laughs> when you partner with praise, Judah, God leads you into a new area. You begin to see what you've never seen before. Come on, who am I talking to this morning? You begin to see way past the stuff that you're feeling now. You become a pioneer in your praise because God's just giving you a way out. There is power in your praise. Oh, I dare you to praise God in the midst of your trial. I dare you to praise God in the midst of your confusion. I dare you to praise you, praise Him for the lies that have been spoken of your life. You see, just in the midst of our crisis, we praise Him because He is almighty. We praise Him because He's blessed us. And we praise Him because He cares about us. And we praise Him because He delivered us. And we praise Him because He has removed, He has erased the penalty of sin against us. And we praise Him because He forgave us. And we praise Him because He's given us the free gift of eternal life. I praise Him because He heard my cry. I praise Him because He's justified me. I praise Him because He kept me. And I praise Him because He loves me. And just here in this moment, it's a simple truth. But it's more than just a simple truth. It's power that God wants you to know that you need to pack in your backpack every time you walk out these doors, you walk out of your doors at home to go to work, school, whatever your life is. 
pack it in. Take it with you. Because I'm tired of feeling like I'm a victim of my own selfish ways. I'm tired of hearing my brothers and sisters not tap into the power that God has for them. Come on, I'm tired about seeing immaturity in the house. I'm tired of that because the enemy is robbing us. The enemy wants you to know that it's all based on your feelings. And so it's temperamental. No, no, this is a powerful weapon that God has given us. Right at this moment, I'm going to invite you to stand with me. This week was was actually amazing. I I got to um, I got to go to the mall, and you know on Thursday nights the mall opens till like nine or something. But I walked past the shop window, and it was the as seen on TV shop. I never go into these shops. Well, this particular day, Thursday. I decided I was just going to walk in because there was no shop attendance inside of the shop. So I walk in and there's just all of these things. Like there was this, by the door, there was this canopy thing that uh, you can hang your wet clothes on and it kind of forms a little tunnel with a little fan on the bottom. And like in 18 minutes, your jeans, they dry up. Amazing, but wait, there's more. <laughs> there was this like $7,000 massage chair. Do you know what it does? With the right programming that you, the buttons that you push, it actually stretches you. Yeah, the chair does. I get to go into this chair. the lady, by now the lady's in the shop because now there's this dude sitting in this chair and so I, I, I don't know I just pushed the on button but it was set to the stretch I didn't know it stretched so the, I kid you not, the whole chair grabs hold of every part of your and it starts the thing happening all of a sudden it grabs you I got grabbed and then you feel the chair stretching like I'm going I'm going to act cool because I don't want people to freak out I'm just going to how much is this thing stretching me Uh and then release I mean oh my goodness that's crazy and then it did it again three times isn't it amazing for me, like, after the first time, I went, oh, phew, and it grabbed you again, and it stretches you again. And by the third time, I was like, I'm going to expect that there'll be another stretching. You see where I'm going? 
come on. When you rest <laughs> in God, He grabs you and He stretches you. The first time of the stretching, you might feel, what the heck just happened there? Second time, you may feel something, but you kind of know that if there's a third time, all right, I'll go with this. And if there was a fourth time, a fifth time, a sixth time, you see, my expectation changed about this chair. I knew that for me to have this chair in my lounge, it'll cost me seven grand. Was I prepared to pay the price? Oh, I love the massage. I love the feeling. I love that you can just push a button. I love that it stretched me. But I didn't want to surrender seven grand to pay for this seat. And I could have had it anytime I wanted to stretch. Where are you at? Where are you at this morning, Equipus Church, Christchurch? That when we get to sit in his arms, he will do what's necessary for your growth to stretch you. Don't think for a minute, the season that we're in right now, you know what I'm talking about, family. It's a season of stretching. Do you know what I'm saying? This is a season of stretching for you and for me. So, does that mean that I get conditioned to the environment? No. It means that I get my praise on. It means that I got to count the cost. That it puts a divide. That it brings me harvest that it lifts up a standard. The Word of God equips church is the very thing that we've got to highlight. It's the Word of God that we face life with, not our feelings, although that's important. But we submit it, we pull it down, and we submit it to God. You ready? I'll finish with this. We all know. <laughs> we all know about the Daddy Sackle. Spray and walk away. I love that guy. <laughs> Here it is. What if this is a takeaway? You ready for your takeaway? What if you praise and you walk away? What if when life hits you, you do a 30-second praise and you go, I'm just going to praise you through the circumstance, God, and then I walk away. 30 seconds. I get to work and I, I get this situation and I'm going, I'm just going to praise you for 30 seconds. Jesus, I know that you've made a way for me today. 
I know that you are my provider. I know that in you, 30 seconds, and I walk away. What if you, there's an argument that, that's starting to stir up with your kids, and it's happening, and you just come in and you go, hey, why don't we just praise for 30 seconds, and then we walk away. What if when, <laughs> fit your situation in it, whatever you're going through right now, what would your life be like if you just praised them for 30 seconds? Oh, he deserves more than 30 seconds. But what if for just 30 seconds, we get to praise him for what he has done? And then we praise him for what he will do. Because I'm thankful, but I'm faithful. Come on, church. What if for 30 seconds you praise and you walk away? Thanks for listening to this podcast. Check out our website at equipuschurch.com forward slash Christchurch. 